Shall we begin? Let's begin now. All right, folks. Welcome to the first inaugural video podcast of the Franklin Francisco podcast. I am your host, Francisco. Today, I have a guest. Um, he's a quite like myself. Um, he's always thinking ahead, always looking for the future. Uh, very entrepreneurial spirit that he has. Uh, we're both in finance, um, and we just like to throw ideas around and talk. Um, so i like to folks introduce you to Nate Ortiz. How we doing, Nate? What's good, baby? What's up, man? <laughs> so you're going to be my guinea pig for this first uh, video podcast. It's been kind of hard to get folks into the studio because of COVID. So sure. I thought I'd take the opportunity to uh, see how this run goes. And if it continues, man, we can, you know, keep chopping us and make this a weekly thing because um, there's nobody else, you know, that can pretty much stay on my level with stuff when it comes to, you know, ideas up in front of, uh, other than yourself that I know of. Because we're always throwing stuff at each other, seeing what sticks hey, and what works and what doesn't work. I mean, anything. Great, great from, minds, man. Great right, minds. Right. right. Anything from clothing, you know what I mean, to comic books, to movies, scripts, all that stuff. We're always coming up with ideas. Is just trying to make some of those ideas come to fruition. So give some folks a little bit of background about yourself and, you know, what you do and who you are. Um, let the, the audience know out there about Nate Ortiz. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I'm from biggest thing, I'm from Cleveland. You know, that's that's my always my number one go to man. That's my, I represent my, my hood, my 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 family. Everybody's over here from Cleveland. So that that's always played a big influence on my life. Uh, married. Got the kids, got two kids, one on the way. So family's always at the top of the mind. Um, what else? What else? Like you said, we both in the, the financial industry. So we both uh, kind of do the same thing. And I mean, really, I, I, it's not too much, man. I love sports. I, you know, like you said, I love we have a lot of similar, you know, taste and what we like and things we like to do in this world. So, I mean, that's pretty much it. Pretty chill. Uh, yeah, that's that's. That's me in a nutshell, pretty much. <laughs> and that's good. So the folks got a little bit of background about yourself. So listen, so in this podcast, we're going to throw a couple of things around. We're going to talk. Um, we're going to talk numbers. We're going to talk ideas. Um, just whatever, you know, we're just shooting the breeze. Um, nothing too serious, man. I'm not going to drill you with 20 questions. You know, this is not a dating show. You know what I mean? We're just, <laughs> right, just right. going to talk and just hang out. So I'm going to throw a number at you. And you tell me what you think about that number. Okay. Yep. So 1.5 trillion. Tell me what you think about that and what that number means. 1.5. I mean, it's a huge number, man. I mean, we just I mean, we just passed a 1.9 trillion dollar relief package, so 1.5 trillion is a lot of dope. Uh, so man, what if I what, Go ahead. I was going to say I don't know what it's relative to, but it's definitely a lot of cash. So what if I told you there was a study done by the University of Georgia back in 2019? that stated that $1.5 trillion are from the Hispanic market hmm. of our buying power in the U.S. What would you say if I told you that? I mean, I think that sounds right. I think what's what's been happening, in, and they've been saying it for a long time, that, that you know, Hispanics, Latinos, all that, that, they're pretty much, we're becoming the majority, you know? I think they said at one point we were going to, like, overtake you know, like as far as the majority in the country is a lot of people are Hispanics. And I mean, it is kind of surprising, though, that I mean, I didn't realize, you know, how high it would be. But I mean, just going off our numbers, that seems pretty good. 
Right. But then here's, here's the, here's the thing where I'm feel a little bit flabbergasted by that because we say 1.5 trillion. Okay. The Hispanic market is the largest ethnic market in the U S the largest, but yet we're still one of the poorest. Right. So to me, it's our dollars are getting spent on what we're not, our dollars getting spent on investments. Are we buying property? We're starting businesses. I mean, if you look where I live now here in Rock Hill, we have Spanish businesses everywhere, lawn care business. I mean, there's a restaurant on every corner that's owned by Hispanic. Just a bunch of uh, people investing in themselves. But the majority of us are still below that threshold um, of the property line. But yet we spend an obscene amount of money. We lift this economy up more than any other group in the country. The next group that's next to us right now, the buying power would be the African-American community. Okay, their buying power is 1.3 trillion. Okay, mm-hmm. that's their buying power, 1.3 trillion dollars. So we lead even the African American community with that. But yet we're still, you know, we're still not on an equal playing field with some of these millionaires and billionaires. And I'm just trying to figure out why that is. What do you think the reason is behind that that <laughs> we can yeah. spend dollars but we can't keep dollars? I think uh like, it's like my my dad told me is you know with with kind of what his ideas are and things like that about reinvesting, like you said, back into the community and spending it on, you know, there's pockets, you know what I'm saying? Across the country, there's, there's large Hispanic Latino populations in California and New York and Florida, Texas, Chicago, you know what I'm saying? These big cities and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, but we're not, there's no Hispanic wall street. There is no Hispanic, you know what I'm saying? There's wall street, but how many Hispanics are really taking advantage of wall street? You know, there's the property game and stuff like in California and Florida, but how many Hispanics do you know or you hear about that are like CEOs of realty companies and things like that? People, you know, these things that are generational wealth, you know, like my father always says, he wants generational wealth, money that's going to be passed down from kid to kid. So I think what's happening is they get the money, but then, like you said, they put it into different things that, you know, support more white people or support, you know, these businesses or companies that are owned by white people. So I think once we start putting money back into the, our own community, and like you said, shows like this, you know, different things like that, little entrepreneur stuff where Spanish people can start reinvesting in, amongst each other, that's how they're going to bring each other up. And I think that's when you're going to see the change because really it's, it's knowledge too. I mean, you got to be aware. Like I said, I didn't know anything about money, about banking growing up. You know what I'm saying? My family didn't, teach me anything like that. I was self-taught. So I think a lot of Hispanics in, in general, they're sending money back to Puerto Rico. They're sending money to DR. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they're putting money in those pockets over there, getting their family up over there because they care about family and things like that. But in actuality, they should be trying to get them over here and get them spending money here and get them building money here. And that way, like I said, then it becomes a generational thing as opposed to kind of going backwards. You know what I'm saying? But see, for my thing is, I think we're very tribal in nature. So I think the problem with the Spanish community in general, whether you consider yourself Hispanic, whether you consider yourself Latino or Afro-Latino, I think the biggest issue is, is we don't we don't bond together. Yeah. We're always out for ourselves. If you notice, the Indian community sticks together. The Jewish community sticks together. The Arabic community sticks together. If you look in Cleveland, especially, I lived in Cleveland 20 plus years. Every other corner is either a store owned by an Arabic or a store owned by an, an Indian, okay, or Asian. Yeah. Look at look at uh, Asia Town down in um, downtown Cleveland, okay. 
we don't do that. I think that, and I think that's the problem. I think we don't push for each other. So yeah, yeah. you notice growing up when I grew up, Dominicans and Puerto Ricans didn't get along. Puerto Rican, yeah, not at all. <laughs> exactly. Puerto Ricans and, and Mexicans didn't get along growing up. So I think the biggest issue is that we don't stick together as a community. Instead of us trying to work things out together and make money together, we, they keep us separated. And they, we do that ourselves, though. The man don't have to come in and separate what we're doing. We do that to ourselves all the time. Um, right. If we have something nice, what are you going to do? Instead of trying to go out and earn that, you, take, you come and take it. And I think that's a big problem. Um, in New York City, where I grew up, in Cleveland, it's the same thing. You know, Cleveland, West 25th, they call that little Puerto Rico. It's nothing but Hispanics there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, we, where's, where's, the, where's the wealth? We have a lot of restaurants, but where, where's that area? They're gentrifying that whole area now. Mm-hmm. You go to the West Side Market, West Side Market's been around for 125 years, over 100 years. They're gentrifying that whole area. Where, where are they pushing all these people out? They're pushing all these people out to the suburbs. Because they want all the people that moved out from the city to move back into the city. Um, so by nature, I think we're too tribal. I don't think we invest enough in each other and have each other's backs to be able to build that genera- uh, generational wealth. To me, one of the things that people don't understand, old money is going to be new money every day of the week. You know what I mean? These multi- multi-millionaires, these multi-billionaires, these, 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 a lot of these guys come from old money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And this new money, a lot of these athletes, these, you know, black athletes, these Hispanic athletes, when they leave out of the sport, they're broke within the next five years of them being out because they're not taught financial literacy. You right, know what right. I mean? And we got to think we got to start that early age. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I was saying, like just the knowledge of things. Just, you know, there, there's so much stuff like, uh, you know, people don't want to get into because they just like, I don't want to hear all that. I don't want to, you know, all that noise about politics, about, you know, this and that. And, and you know. But the more knowledge you have, the more you know what's going on in your city, in your community, in your government, everything like that. And then you kind of realize, then you start to, then a light bulb goes off and you're like, dang, maybe if I did do this, or maybe if I would have spent more time doing this, then, you know, maybe, maybe I have a little bit more in my pocket. And I think, you know, like you said, it should be passed down. It should be shared with everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like Hispanics should be looking out for Hispanic no matter what, you know what I'm saying? No matter you know, what, what background it is, whether you're from one island or the next, you know, that shouldn't even make a difference. But um, I think we're getting there. I think we will. I think over these last couple of years, things have gotten so, you know, right now it's black and white. You know what I'm saying? Right now yeah. it's this big war going on and I, and we're kind of stuck in the middle. We like the forgotten people. You know what I'm saying? Hispanics is, is kind of floating on the outskirts trying to pick a side. I think culturally we more lean towards black people. But then there's the other side that's like, you know, no, you know. I came here from Cuba. I came whatever, and I'm I built a culture. I mean, I built the wealth. So now they want to follow a certain, you know, side of the side of the fence. So, you know, I, I think eventually, like I said, as we become the majority in the population, I think it's it's going to click. But it's just a slow, slow moving process right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think if we were to do the things that we needed to do and teach our kids um, about saving, about investing in, in ways that they should. Uh, I think there would be a lot more generational wealth when it came to the Hispanic community. But if you look at things, look at Puerto Rico, for example, they can't build wealth on that island because of the Jones Act. The Jones Act keeps other countries from coming in and giving aid. It keeps a lot of other countries coming in from, you know, uh, investing and, and doing certain things on that island because the U.S. has a grip <laughs> on the island there. The Dominican Republic, 
Dominican Republic is wealth, more wealthier than people think, but it's not the people that are wealthy. It's the corporations that came in to put all these all-inclusive resorts on the island. It's the corporations that are getting rich, not the people. You got people who are working at the resorts right now, what, making at the most maybe $300 a month? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's ridiculous. So they come here, they look for the American dream. Washington Heights right now, New York City. You know, we joke around, you know, me and my wife joke around. We call it Dominican land because it's all Dominicans in Washington Heights. Just about every square meter is Dominicans. Now they're starting to gentrify that area as well and start pushing people out. But you can take uh, Washington Heights as a, a as a good example of all Hispanic-owned businesses. I'm talking about bodegas, cuchifritos, you know what I mean? Supermarkets. This is a, a stronghold for that. But people are spending money. but they're not keeping that money. Why? Because like we said earlier, they're sending that money home. Right. They're sending that money home. Mexicans a lot. I get a lot of, you know, in, in the field that I'm in, I get a lot of folks that come in to send money back home right. because they, they're they impoverished. You know what I mean? They'll come here, they'll work themselves to the bone, but for what? Because they don't get to see that money. They take that money and they send it back home because their their people are worse off than they are here, which to me yeah. is, is a cash 22. You come here, you want the American dream, you got it. You busting your behind, you're working hard, you're building up, you know, you're, and then you send it all home. You see, you don't even see it. So it, I think there's the gap there. And, and you know, like I said, it, I don't want to get too far in the weeds with the politics and stuff, but I mean, the reality, the reality of it is, is, you know, we make, we, we make it so difficult. Like if you really look into immigration laws and stuff, it make it so difficult, especially in the, the Mexican border, how many years it takes to get somebody you know, citizens or get somebody over. And it really shouldn't be like that. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't believe in open borders and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, if you're a family member and you, you know, there used to be an act where you could bring certain people over like five, six, but then people would bring over their cousins, cousins, cousins and stuff. And it was becoming a problem. But if it made it a little less difficult to do that, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, if they just built their money up, and they, they like uh, getting a lawyer, you know what I'm saying? Having like, I think a, a big uh, thing, I know me and my wife, Angie, talked about having those type of um, immigration lawyers. I think that's a field that's kind of blown up a little bit because they're trying to help Hispanics over here, get their people over here. And just, it's hard to find those people. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to find a lawyer who specializes in just that. And now I think more Hispanics, as we get educated, go to college, do things like that, there's more attorneys and stuff. So. I think that's a field that's going to blow up. But it's just about, you know, instead of, like you said, getting that money over to them just to help them, which is honorable. You know, it's your family. You're trying to look out for them. Now you can spend it more wisely, get a lawyer, let him do the work for you instead of just out, doing out cash. And then they might be able to get over here legally and you'd be good, you know? So. Yeah. And the numbers don't lie, though. One point one one 1.5 trillion, man. 1.5 trillion. That's not yeah. chump change, man. That's We are essentially helping lift the economy. Is what we're doing, essentially lifting 1.5 trillion, man. That that number is astronomical. I mean, at the end of the day, that that's a lot you, of that's a lot of Honda Civics. That's <laughs> with some tinted windows and some sounds right there. But <laughs> but what kills me is is what it kill. What kills me is is what we're spending this this money on. We're essentially spending generational wealth on stuff we don't need. Um, a lot of the stuff is people want to keep up with the trends. Like for what? Some of the some of the richest people in the world, bro. Do you see them? Look at Bill Gates, man. Look at Warren Buffett. That dude's still living in the same house he brought originally. The guy's worth what almost a hundred billion dollars. 
Like people want to keep it with the Joneses. It's crazy. Now you have a section of people who are actually trying to do both. So you have people who are keeping up with the Joneses, but they're also investing and and you know investing wisely and putting money where it needs to be. But that's a lesson that's that was a hard lesson to learn for a long time. People are now starting to get into that realm where they don't want to be just be, they don't want to be just rich. They want to be wealthy. They want to be a conglomerate. You know what I mean? They don't just want to be a you know a, a Fortune 100 company. Um, but that knowledge is not still not being passed down to people. It, it really isn't. You have a lot of influencers right now that try to help people out. Um, you know, they'll post a video here, post a video there. But I think it has to start in the schools, man. I think we ha- and it has to start at home. All five of my kids have savings accounts for the future. All of them. Um, my oldest son has his checking account, and we're you know teaching him how to manage his money. You have to, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, if we don't, all we're doing is repeating the same cycle over and over again. Think about from the time you were born to the time you're now. What what's really changed with us? I mean, honestly, what has really changed in the Hispanic Hispanic community? No, nothing. I mean, you know, like I said, growing up, I mean, the only wealthy Hispanics I knew were baseball players, <laughs> and it's still to this. I mean, rappers, rappers, and baseball players. But like you said, those people are the the cultural icons, and like you said, that's what people look up to and, and want to respect and and, and, and um, kind of mimic and, and model, you know model themselves after these different celebrities and stuff like that. But like you said, this is a different game. Now. I mean, social media has is, is changed a lot. I mean, growing up, we didn't have nothing like we got right now. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I, I've learned more off of just, just watching TV, watching YouTube, watching videos and, and listening to other people. Like you said, the influencing thing was very, it stuck with me. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I, I watch videos and stuff that are like uplifting and stuff, but I was always kind of like a self-motivated type person. You know what I'm saying? Like it never was... I see how these people got there and I was like, I want to get there, but it wasn't like, I'm going to do it their way. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it might've worked for them, but it probably might, you know, it may not work for me and how I do it my way. So, and obviously I'm not there yet, but uh, you know, it, it's, it's more to me, like the things that have changed in the culture and stuff like that. It, it's, it really, ha- you know, like I said, it really hasn't <laughs> and things really haven't changed much. This, the technology's changed and uh, how you hear about things is, is changed, you know? We're out there. We're out there more. That's for sure. We're more visible than ever. The community yeah. is more visible than ever. We're out there. That that hasn't changed. You know what I mean? But what it is now is, is I think that we haven't come to the realization that we can be more in our community. We can do more. We can be more. We can be richer. You know, what I mean? we can we can find those avenues to progress. I mean, they used to have a black Wall Street before they burned it down. Right, you know right. what I mean, why can't Hispanics get something like that going? Why can't we build that type of company. And here's the issue. And, I, and I've seen this a lot. This is just my point of view now. This is not me generalizing anybody. From what I've seen and what my experiences are, when a Hispanic makes it or a Latino makes it and they become rich, they automatically forget where they come from, automatically forget where they're from. You know what I mean? Or uh-huh. they move out the hood and they don't contribute anything back to try to make that better. The one credit I'll give a lot of these rappers and a lot of these athletes are is that they try to give back to the community in some way, shape or form. But I notice a lot of Hispanics, you know, unless you're top tier, unless you're, you know, you, you owe, you know, you own, um, you know, one of these like Goya, you know what I mean? They're, they're top, they're Hispanic run company, you know what I mean? But look, even they're getting backlash for right now for supporting, you know, um, Trump. So it's like, it's, it's like we need to pick and choose our battles. Look at the Cubans. The Cubans, they're, they're fiercely proud of their heritage and their culture. Um, and 
they will support each other. If you go to Little Havana in Miami, bro, they run everything down there basically. Yeah. That's where they come from. But where's the wealth? Where's the yeah. wealth at? The one thing that I think that was always instilled, and this is every Hispanic, what's the thing they always wanted you to do? Go to college. Work and go to college and make something of yourself. That rhetoric doesn't work anymore. It doesn't. Elon Musk, one of the richest men in the world, said it himself. Mm-hmm. Talent will always outweigh a college degree. He said college is basically just for the experience. It's, right. it's, there's no guarantee you're going to get a top-tier job. There's certain fields that you need a degree in. One is medical, obviously, because I'm not going to let you cut into me if you ain't you, you didn't learn anything about the body. Right. You ain't okay? smart. <laughs> right. And the other one's going to be a lawyer. You have to know what the laws are in order to help people. But to run a Fortune 500 company, no. You, you don't have to have a degree for that. Look at that dude who run Twitter. I don't know what that dude on, but he, I don't think he ever <laughs> stepped foot in college. You know, I mean, like you said, it's, some people are just gifted like that. I mean, I agree, though, man, like the college thing. I went to college. I did my four years and I don't want to say I regret it. I mean, it's, you know, I have my diploma. Mm-hmm. It's, it's proud. I was the first person in my family to go to a four year school. My parents were really pushing me because I was going to I was going to go to culinary school. You know, like I was like, I, I want to be a chef, man. I'm going to go out here. I'm going to be, a, you know, cook on a restaurant. Parents like, nah, 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 you need, you need to get a four-year degree, you know, you need to go to school. And I said, okay, then I was really good in art. So I was going to go to the Cleveland Institute of Art, got accepted and everything. They were like, nah, nah, it's only a two-year program. You need to do a four-year program. So in hindsight, for me, it probably wasn't the best idea. I got a degree. Like I said, I'm not where I want to be right now. Um, some of the setbacks I can't blame solely on college, but college is a racket, man. College is definitely a racket. Like you, you, you know, they put people in debt and it's a big thing right now in the country. I mean, putting people in debt, you get out of school, I'm $40,000 in the hole. And and then you get, you can't get hired into a good paying job because you're fresh out of college and you don't have experience. So they want experience, but you got a degree, you got a degree, but you don't have experience. So it's always like a catch 22. But now, like you said, if if the way this is now, money starting to come back into the, the you know people starting to get a little more money in their pockets and stuff like that. Like I tell my kids all the time, man, you are gonna do something that you love to do, be great at it, and and like the Joker said, man, don't do anything for free. If you're good at it, don't do it for free. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's to me the, the right way to go. Like if you're really good at something, be the best at it, and don't do it for free, <laughs> and then well, you'll be all right. What, what, with the way technology is changing around, look at Google. I don't know if you uh, you read this or not, but Google's actually trying to blow the lid off of uh, going to college. They're actually starting programs um, to help you get certificates that you need for these paying jobs, these high paying jobs. They're just going to train you. They're just going to train you through their programs, and you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna basically uh, step by the college and not even have to worry about going there. Because a lot of these IT jobs, man, what do you need a degree for? For IT job, you just need to know what you're doing. There's yeah. people who are self-taught who are absolutely brilliant and doing what they do, um, but they can't get a job because they don't have that uh, quote unquote piece of paper. And all it is is a piece of paper. I've known people who've had master degrees and are managers at Burger King because they couldn't get a job in the field that they wanted. You know, one field that you're in now may not be viable for you by the time you get done graduating. You yeah. understand where I'm coming from? You're going into this field because this field is hot. Four years from now, guess what? That field might not be available to you. That right. field may not be the hot field. And guess what? You got a degree that may, means absolutely nothing. A lot of these CEOs and these companies, a lot of these higher ups, these VPs, all these people who have power. Guess what? This is factual. This is very factual. 90% of their degrees have absolutely nothing to do with what they're doing. Period. Oh, yeah. 
Period. No, I believe it. hundred percent. I believe it. So now we're making a big push for diversity and inclusion. You know what I mean? With a lot of these companies, but I still think there's a, there's a gap when it comes to diversity and inclusion. You know, there's, there's not a lot of Hispanics at the top. Of a lot of these companies, there's just not, right. um, there's a lot of uh, talented Hispanics out there that have the qualifications and have the talent to help run some of these companies. They're just not being cultivated because a lot of these corporations, it's a good old boys club. You know what it yeah, is. Bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. They bring in their, their people that they know and their friends that they know to help them run, you know, run the company. Now, now there's some companies that are making some changes out there. Absolutely. They're, you know, leaps and bounds. They're making changes, but there's still a lot of companies out there that still run the same song and dance to you, man. You got to be able to uh, find a way around that. We got to keep quit making excuses for ourselves as to why we can't be successful. You know what I mean? The numbers are right in front of us, man. Numbers don't lie. We have the capability of building wealth, but we're just squandering that wealth. We're just squandering it. Buy things we don't need. Like, to me, what do I need to drive around? Now, don't get me wrong. Now, I'm going to say this. Don't get me wrong. This is, I don't, you know, we, we're in a cancel culture. I don't want people to get too upset at me for saying this. But what do you need to drive around in a $100,000 car for? If you can afford it, by all means, afford it. Get it. But when I was talking about on my the podcast the other day, these fake influencers, come on, man. You know, half these people who are posting with these cars don't own them. They're leasing them. Half these rappers that you see driving around in Bugattis don't own these cars. All they do is lease them. These mansions, a lot of them don't own these mansions. They just rent them per month because it's not a smart investment. Right. And yeah, I, I remember uh, I watched that that one video by that guy named Dickie or whatever. That whole video he made basically bumming stuff off of people. You know what I'm saying? Like he went to some rich old lady's house and was like, hey, I really like your house. Can we do a video here? And she let him. <laughs> so it was a mansion. And then he had some dude that had a, a nice cars. He let him, hey, he saw a dude at a, at a dock with a boat. Hey, can I use your boat to do a video? They're like, yeah, sure. And he's just basically putting it out there like, look, man, all this stuff is for show. Like none of this stuff, he, you know, I'm a regular dude. I, I just wear regular clothes and, and this and that. And it's, I mean, that's true. I mean, I, I like I said, I, I would love to floss and stunt and everything like that. But like I said, if I got to that point, then you know, I, I'm gonna have other priorities. <laughs> I would like to put some money into before I would, like you said, a hundred thousand dollar car or something like that. So it's like Waka Flocka. It's like Waka. You know who Waka Flocka is, right? Yeah, oh yeah. It's like Waka Flocka said. Um, he was like, "What I need to rap for? I'm a millionaire already. Like, what I got a front for anymore? I'm a millionaire." So he said, instead of rapping, what I'm doing is I'm just investing now. I'm buying property. I'm doing the things I need to do. You got guys like Rick Ross. You know, he's always still flossing. He's got the chains and the necklace and all that. But guess what? He's investing. You know what I mean? These guys are learning lessons from people like from LeBron James. You know what I mean? LeBron James. Who did LeBron James learn his lessons from? You know who, who, who he was close to, right? He was close to Jay-Z, who's almost a billionaire, and Warren Buffett. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he learned from guys that built their wealth up from the ground up to get where they, they are. And I think, I think the Hispanic and Latino <laughs> community need to follow that example, man. You know, I mean, you that's got- a good point. Uh, that, that's something that I remember too, that my father's um, and not just my father, I've, I've heard it about a bunch from people who are pretty wealthy and well off. They, they said, you know, you surround yourself with wh- what you want to do. You know, if you surround yourself with like Warren Buffett and Jay-Z, you, you just, you know, it's no way you're not going to know, what to do, the right thing to do. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as financially and stuff like that, because you're around these people all the time. So you're going to pick up little things here and there. But if you surround yourself with the the same old people that is bringing you down and everything like that, then you ain't never going to learn nothing. And and that's a good point too. I think that's, 
teaching. That's a good teaching point. <laughs> Surround yourself with people who are, who are doing better than you. Make friends. You know what I'm saying? Don't be afraid to talk to people who got something because, you know, you never know. Some people are, you know, might be jerks and, and, and brush you off, but you might run, you know, might run up on the right person and they might want to holler at you and talk to you. And then the next thing you know, you know, you cool with some people that are making some big money, making some, some changes, some moves. And uh, now you got a, a way in, you got your pipeline. So, so, but one of the things I, I think we have a hard time doing for each other is opening doors, man. Cause we're like, we're fiercely proud, man. Hispanics are proud. Latinos are proud, bro. What's the one thing they always want to do? I want to do it on my own. I don't want any handouts, but it's not about handouts, man. You know what I mean? If I'm the type of person, if I'm going to eat and I can bring other people up with me, I'm going to bring other people up with me. You know what I mean? I'm going to open doors for people if I can open doors for people. That's how it should be. But I don't think we have a lot of us have that mentality. They go, oh, I made it. You need to make it because I made it. Instead of saying, hey, man, you know what I'm saying? I'm already here. Let me see what I can do. Let me see what doors I can open up because then that creates a domino effect where the, the next generation comes in and then the guy who got help to go, hey, look, man, let me get you in. Let me see what I can do for you. Let me see what doors I can open up for you to do the same thing. And I think that'll recreate that domino effect that'll help last for generations. But we don't do that. We don't do that. You understand where I'm coming from? It just doesn't happen. Yeah. No, I agree. And like you said, I, I mean, it, it's it's just something that you can't teach that. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't. That's not going to be something that's easily, you know, trained out of somebody or, or not trained out of somebody. Evolutionary thing that's going to all of a sudden stop being like that. I'm 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 the same way. I'm a stubborn dude. You know, I want to do things on my own. I hate taking handouts from anybody and everything. But hey, sometimes you got to get smacked and be like, all right, man. Yeah, let me borrow some money, man. You know, and like I said, it's not to me. I don't look at it like borrowing anymore. Anytime my family, friend, anybody gives me something, I look at it as like an investment. Like, trust me, you give me something, you give me money. It may be something little. I might get back to you in, in a different way. Maybe it's just giving you your money back eventually someday. But to me, it's like I remember that stuff. I'm like, OK, this person looked out for me. I got them somewhere down the line. I'm going to find a way to. To, to benefit them in some some shape or fashion. So that's why I don't look at it like a hand on I look at it, oh, yeah, thank you. You're making an investment in me, then, I, you know, I got you, you know, so that's how I am. So. And I think that's the mentality, see, but that's perfect. You're, you see, that's the perfect example of what I'm talking about. So you had that stubborn mentality like, hey, man, I, I don't need nobody. I'm going to do this on my own. But at the end of the day, man, everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs some help every once in a while. You understand where I'm coming from? I got my start in the financial world because... Man, I put it out there and I told him, listen, I will come in. I will bust my behind for you. I'll be one of the, the, the best workers you have. I was doing security at the time, Nate. You know what I mean? I remember. <laughs> I, remember. <laughs> I was doing, and, and right now I'm killing it right now. You know what I mean? I'm kidding. Come on, man. I slept in my car because I was so dedicated to trying to get this job done correctly. Before I even moved out here to South Carolina full time, man, you know, you know this. I left my family back in Cleveland. And I slept in my car for three months because I was dedicated to doing what I needed to do to, to bring my family up. You know what I mean? And what I've been pushing for you to do, the same way I've been pushing for, uh, for, for other, my other friends to come down to South and do, I've been pushing you to do the same thing. Better opportunities down here. I wouldn't tell you that if there wasn't opportunities down here. I wouldn't tell you that if I didn't want you to eat and do better for yourself. Mm. That's the mentality I've always had. I seen this one post where it says, and I said it in my pod, one of my podcasts where I said, uh, there was a post that said um, a bus has like eight seats, but a Maserati has two. Um, everybody can't come with you on that journey. And I'm like, nah, see, that don't work for me. It's the other way around. 
to me, I'd rather have the bus with the ACs because I want to try to bring as many people up with me as I can. Because if I'm going to eat, my whole crew going to eat. I got that whole 90s mentality. You ever see, you seen Paid in Full, right? You seen that movie, right? Yeah. My job is everybody going to eat. Everybody eating. You know what yeah. I mean? If I can get it. Now, if you can't, if you can't sit at my table, ain't nothing wrong with that. I still want you to eat, just not with me. Yeah. That's where I come from. It's true. I don't hate on anybody. Make your wealth, make your money. But at the same time, don't forget who you came, where you came from. Don't forget who you are. And I think sometimes we forget. And I think people forget who they are and where they came from. I'm not saying you gotta you gotta spend your wealth on everybody. People have to learn how to you know build themselves up and do what they need to do. But don't forget at least pass your knowledge on. I'm not worried about financial. If you don't want to come out your pocket, by all means, don't come out your pocket. Nobody's asking you to. But right. pass that knowledge on to the next generation on how to build your wealth and how to get you where you need to be. I think that's the, there's a real problem in the Hispanic community with that, man. I, I, and I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what we can do as a community to fix it. It doesn't matter where you are in New York, Chicago, Cleveland. I mean, there's huge Hispanic communities everywhere throughout the United States, man, except maybe well, Maine. You just got to, I mean, especially in politics, man, you got to get represented. You got to have people that look like, I mean, um, there's a company I worked for a while ago and, um, you know, one of the their tenants or one of their models was we mirror our community. And they make that a point because they like when, you know, you work at certain areas or branch or whatever, um, they want to have you in a heavy Hispanic community, Hispanic working people. If you have in a black community, they want to have black people because they want to mirror the community. So where it starts is people got to be vocal about it. You know what I'm saying? Like people running for city council, people just being proactive in your immediate vicinity in your community doing what you can do even if it's on a small scale like look at um alexandria cortez ocasio cortez you know 20 something year old becoming a house representative she's probably like the most famous person in 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 the house right now and she's a a freshman senator a freshman house uh member just because she's doing something and being vocal about it maybe not everybody agrees with her whatever it is but the fact of the matter is she's putting it out there. She's putting it out there for a community, right or wrong. She's putting it out there for a community. And you need more people like that. That's going to be more positive and, and boisterous and, and being loud about it. And we just need more people like that. It's just, you know, willing to do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Having people that's willing to do that kind of stuff. See, and I, that's where I, it starts. And I think this is good dialogue that we're having, though. This is the kind of dialogue that we need to have. I think this is the kind of stuff that we need to put out into the community, man. You know what I mean? We have a voice that we can use and we're using it right now to be able to talk to each other where we're talking to each other. There's nothing wrong with that. I enjoy doing this stuff, man. Um, It was great having you on. Um, We're out of time now. Um, I appreciate you, man. We're going to have you back on really soon. Um, Hopefully, you know, next episode after this one, we'll get you back on. We'll we'll talk on a different topic um, and we'll go from there. It was great um, having you on the show, uh, Nate, and We will see you again next time, okay? All right, good looking, man. All right, man, have a great day. All right, too, man.